Hi there, I'm Jake Humphrey, and this is High Performance, the podcast that reminds you that it's within. Your ambition, your purpose, your story are all there. We just help unlock it by turning the lived experiences of the planet's highest performers into your life lessons. Right now, allow myself and Professor Damien Hughes to welcome to the show the latest manager to be appointed in the Premier League. Here's what's in store. It's always about the players for me. So it'd be them. I go, this is what we're prepared to give to you. This is what we feel is going to be important for you. Because I always think if you can affect the person, you'll affect their performance. So therefore, it's about them, not about me. You're going to be put in your box. You know, look how I look, look how I sound. I'm probably going to live in a pretty simple box. You know, it suggests you just get on and you do that. But players don't forget, you're looking at your players. They know there's more to it. Your staff know there's more work involved than what, what people would imagine. So that's good. You go, right, okay, who do I really need to worry about? Well, I need to worry about them. People go on a performance, they can go, oh yeah, but they they won the league or something. You go, right, what's the story behind winning the league? And it's very rarely, as you both know, very rarely about tactics and all that. It's about the fabric of what you do, the the construct of what you do, the, the people are involved, the dynamic, the mind dynamic, the connection. I'm not going to guarantee it'll be amazing football. What I will guarantee, you'll have a team that puts sweat on the shirt. So welcome back to High Performance, Sean Dyche. This is an interesting one because the first time that Sean came on the show, this podcast was in its infancy. It was episode 11. And I remember Damien and myself, we travelled up to the Burnley training ground and we spent a good couple of hours with Sean talking about all kinds of things. If you're an Everton fan, if you're a football fan and you want to know more about Sean's methods and the type of things that he'll be doing now that he's back in football, have a listen to that episode. But what today is all about is what he learned after the departure from Burnley, the benefit that having time away from the game can give you and what the latest club that he joins is going to get. This is a really wide-ranging and interesting conversation with Sean. I really hope that you enjoy it. Um, just a quick reminder that if you want to join us on the High Performance Live Tour for more of this kind of stuff, then just go to thehighperformancepodcast.com. You can find all the details right there. But let's get straight to it. It's time to get you closer to your own version of high performance with lessons in success and failure, how to build team cultures, how to create a winning mentality from Everton Manager. Sean Dyche. And can I just say, um, as far as I'm concerned, I think Sean and Everton are a brilliant fit. I hate some of the sniffiness that I see on social media and in other places about Sean. He is a bright, articulate, forward-thinking, ambitious, creative manager. And he's landed himself at, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best football clubs in the country. Uh, the fans are incredible. The history is amazing. It's one of my favourite stadiums to go to. I will miss Goodison Park when it's gone. And I really think that Sean Dyche and Everton are a match made in heaven. Let's not pretend it's not going to be a challenge over the next few months. But Everton fans, I think you have got the man that is going to turn around and transform your football club. So let's get to it. It's time to get you closer to your own version of high performance by welcoming the Everton boss, Sean Dyche. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sean, what is your definition of high performance? I think there's so many. In my case, it's maximizing the ability of others whilst maximizing yourself, you know, because you're, well, if you're leading it, if you're a manager, coach, or whatever your role is, then you are pushing them for more. Um, but whilst you're doing that, you've got to ask more of yourself in order to find that balance, I think. So, um, I mean, there's many others, but that would be my feel on it rather than a um, definition like a dictionary definition. That would be my feel on it. Now you've had this opportunity to have a bit of a break from the game, not much of one, only a few months. When you go into a job, what's going to be the first reassurance or the first question you're going to ask of a, a potential new chairman, director of a football club to know that it's the right next step for you in your career? I don't think there's a, a perfect answer because you've got different um, boards, you've got different only like sometimes different panels who would interview you. You know, is it the director of football? Is it the owner? Is the owner hands-on? Is the owner hands-off? Who's, who's the runners and riders involved? Once you define them, I'd go for the feel of a club. So usually, let's have it right, you know the feel of a club, maybe location. Like Burnley, I went in there. My strap line was, I'm not going to guarantee it'd be amazing football. What I will guarantee, you'll have a team that puts sweat on the shirt. Because that part of the country, tough times, and a bit about the history, you know, real downtrodden at times plays, and it, you know, a bit down on its luck. If I was a fan, I thought I'd want to see people wear that shirt and give their lot. Mm-hmm. So I thought, right, okay, that's a start point. For example... Different parts of the country, different social aspect, different feel about the club. You'd probably look at that. I'd, well, I'd look at that as well. Look at the playing staff. This is what it requires, in my opinion. So then I'd give an overview of, right, okay, I know a bit about your club. I know a bit about your staff. I've seen the, whatever, say the last five years of growth, let's say. Um where do you think it can go now? They tell you they think it usually can go to the stratosphere. <laughs> you know, right, okay, well, let's maybe cool that down a little bit. You know, what's the reality? And that kind of scenario, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not it's not a it's not a, a one size fits all situation. You know, right, so an extreme example. So probably changed slightly, but you know, Tottenham. Tottenham are always the, you know, the the footballing fancy dans of, of London, let's say. Lads, it's Tottenham. Yeah, Alex yeah. Ferguson's right. famous. And then yeah. about, uh, Pochettino did brilliant. I thought he changed that perception massively. And let's have it right, because yeah. he got him yeah. running. Really running. So, there's a change of, he took the fact we're still going to play, which they did, but he had them playing harder, not necessarily tougher like, um, tackling tough but you know running hard yeah. working hard but still playing so there's a shift you know he's gone in and said right we're still going to be Tottenham and we still are going to be a really good football inside but we're going to have a much harder edge about us and we're going to be fit as you like and that's what he did yeah so there's an example well, that's an example that I would use as being taking what's there but adding your you know instinct and your feel of what it was and Trips would vouch for that because he was there and he said said Pochettino's pre-season, he said it absolutely smashes yours, Gaffer. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And what about the players then? Because there's that great phrase, you only get one chance to make a good first impression. When you next walk into a dressing room, 
Well, if I walk into whatever dressing room, probably going to go, all right, he's probably going to be pretty disciplined, probably going to work us pretty hard, probably going to want a lot from us, probably going to be, I would imagine, pretty honest, probably going to be honest with himself and what we're about and probably going to be a bit of one of us type thing. I might have that wrong, but I would think that's probably a feel, a generalised feel. What you hope then is within all that, because by the way, they will get all that, but then afterwards they go, mind you, I think I can associate with him, I can appreciate I can, I can see him, I can go and speak with him. And then once they get to know you a bit better, they go, yeah, actually, all right. That's the bit that I think would be a bit more unknown. You know, a bit of weird mm. chat. What do you think like, would take right, them you know? by surprise? I just think maybe approachable. I think more approachable. Yeah. Most people who work with me, players and that go, oh, no way. You know, you can, I can approach, I can talk to the gaffer about And do you whatever. get ahead of it? Would you go in and go, listen, lads, you think you know what you're getting here? You think you're getting this and this and this and this and you've seen me do this and this. But here's the reality. No, I, th- I think um, I think when I went into Burnley, because I was a one-season manager, I said, this is what you're going to get from me. Told them. And this is what I'd expect from you. But I think now it's slightly different because they probably, you know, they've got all these opinions, but I'd still be pretty clear and go, look, this is yeah. what I think we can offer you. It was always about the players for me. So it'd be them. I'd go, this is what we feel or I feel as manager, these staff, let's imagine, you, you know, you take some staff in. This is what we're prepared to give to you. This is what we feel is going to be important for you. Because I always think if you can affect the person, you'll affect their performance. So therefore, it's about them, not about me. So can I ask you a killer question that any potential employer would ask you because seeing you come here today you look really well you look like there's a lot of stress that's been come off you you look in good shape so why on earth would you want to go back into that world yeah but you know what? i think that's a little bit of perception as well you know you've got to remember so taking away jobs and no jobs i've been on holiday a few times believe it or not i do get a little bit of a tan um, I do generally look after myself. People don't normally see me like this for another thing. They just see me in a suit and a tie and all yeah. that. I always, virtually always get, you're taller than I thought, you're skinnier than what I thought. <laughs> um, they're the two biggest things. Um, you know, so some of it is just you, your mind. I don't, I don't think I looked incredibly stressed at the end of last season when I came out. No, but I'm contrasting would, it to when we met you in December 2019. Yeah, what I would say is, okay, are you refreshed? If I was there, I'd be saying, are you though? You might look it, but are you? Are you refreshed? Are you ready to go again? Can you think that you're going to offer more or at least what you've been offering, but are you going to stimulate more from yourself, from your staff, from the players? Of course, that would be their question, I imagine. But I'm asking it of you because I think like the lessons that you've got and some of the wisdom that you've acquired over the years is surely applicable far wider than just going into a dressing room running. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, uh, going beyond, not beyond football, but around football, I've, I've, I have enjoyed chatting like this because you get a chance to open up a little bit about, you know, take away some of the myths maybe and offer a, an opinion. Um, the media, I've been offered lots of media. The reason why I haven't done the, sorry, I know this media, the big, you know, the obvious media yeah. is because you put an opinion out there, as we know, it gets smashed about everywhere and you go, hang on a minute, I didn't say that and I didn't say it in that way, so I'm a bit wary of that. Football-wise, I've backed down from that to give myself a chance to sort of rejuvenate my thirst. Not that I needed it energy-wise, but to go, right, when I'm ready to go back in, I am ready. We're really ready. And are you ready now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've had a bit of a, you know, I've had a few beers, my mates, and took them away, and games of golf and all that sort of stuff. Not been mad about the football. That was the point, yeah. sorry. You know, I haven't been obsessing about football. Bearing him in the side, did you see this game, see that game? I'm like, no. 
you know, stepped away from all that. But then slowly but surely, you imagine you get a game here and there and you watch a game. I've watched a few games, but I've been casual, social, you know, not in suits and all that. Forest, my family relocated to Nottingham, so I've been down to Forest a few times at the end of last season and the beginning of this season. Things like that. So let's talk then about the importance of this period for you to be able to reflect on how things ended at Burnley. Like you wouldn't be doing yourself justice if you didn't really delve into what happened and think, right, what could I do different? What was out of my control? How do I avoid certain things happening again? So how do you now reflect on it having had a bit of a break? Well, the the obvious thing um, was, you know, what people have got to remember about Burnley was to yeah, probably the beginning of the pandemic, actually. The club was being sold behind everyone's eyes, you know, and that, that was a really tough period because you need players. You know, we all know that. You need to stimulate a group of players, not just you, your staff, new players, new people coming in, and they weren't prepared to do that. You know, and with all due respect, one of the summers, you know, we bought in uh, um, Dale Seams from, from Brighton for like 750000 That's your summer spend. I mean, Premier League, that's that's very difficult to do that every year. And we'd done that a couple of years. We hadn't invested heavily. So I knew the team was going to hit a wall at some point. Told the new ownership that the next couple of years are going to be really tough because I thought it was going to be, not because I was being negative, just because I believed it was going to be. And do they then think you're being negative, do you think? I don't know. I mean, you, you can't you can't always um, put your finger on that. You know, people, you, you use words and people will absorb it in their manner and they'll adjust the story accordingly. So I've just always got, I call it positive realities. You know, at the end of the day, why I'm not I'm not that guy who's going to say, yeah, yeah, it's all going to rise, they're all going to be brilliant. And I'm going, no, this is probably going to be the truth of it. We're going to work beyond that. In-house, don't forget. In, you know, this is private with your, your ownership or your, your real top staff, not with everyone involved. But I just always thought, you know, the, the reality is the, the thing to work on. And then the positive bit is when you take it out to the world and go, right, no, these are good players or whatever. You know, they're, they're, they're good players. We can make the best of this situation, all these challenges and all that sort of stuff. But there still has to be a reality line, I think. I can't sign the checks. You know, I can only advise what we should be doing. And that's really frustrating sometimes as a manager because you know what you should be doing, but you need finance and available finance and they've got to, someone's got to sign the check. You know, you can't do that. So I knew, I knew it was going to be a tough period. The ex-owners knew that. But they were selling the club and they had, you know, lots and lots and lots of money. And so I'm not going to go into detail, but way more than you think was in the club. That goes then into the new ownership. They then reverse finance. So then now they're looking at a different model, you know, for, straight from the off. But you've got to be open-minded to work with that model. And that's what I attempted to do was work within their new thinking and their new model whilst knowing that the, some of the players were just hitting that wall in that little down period when you think, right, how do we re-stimulate, you know, re-energise players who deep down, you go, they're, they're going just over that edge. It's a very difficult situation, actually, because although you're the manager and to the public, you're the kind of leader of that football club, you're suddenly totally powerless because, as you say, you don't write the checks. But you can also see it coming. Yet at the same time, you've got to go out publicly and say hey, we're going to be fine, we're, we're going to deal with this okay. Who do you turn to at times like that? Because I imagine that can be quite a lonely experience, actually. You've got your, your immediate staff around you. Sometimes you have people outside the club who have been through it, the managers and that, you share a thought with them. You know, you might have your, your, your team psychologist or club psychologist who's helpful with that sort of period, you know. I mean, I was reliant on myself. I'm very open with my staff. We'd sit and have a morning meeting, we'd share a view on it. This is the challenge, this is what's likely... Or this why sense, you know, that's coming our way. What can we do about it? And at times they get, you know, a bit... I remember once we had, um, we called it new manager thinking because everyone said, this is the group, we can't do anything about it. And I said, well, we've got it, that's our job. So yeah, we yeah. said, right, what would a new manager? You know, if I'm now a new manager, 
I've disappeared, new manager walks in, I guarantee you'd do something different. You would absolutely do something different. So I said, Billion, let's, I let's make a list. So we did. We made a list, a literal list. We went, right, what are we going to do different? And we went, bang, and we started going through it. What was on it? Changed the manager, the staff said. <laughs> I said, brilliant. <laughs> um, some of the simple stuff you can imagine, um, let's take them out for a bit of bonding, whatever that may be. You know, the old school would be down the pub now, that's not so relevant, but... I don't know, clay pigeon shooting or go-karting or sometimes just dinner, you know, a different dinner, take for a walk instead of training, you little quirky things. Some were changing training times, some were changing the environment. We started painting walls and uh, getting different signage and not always big things, just little subtle cues, just things that you catch, you know, players, oh, you know, start remarking it, changing the presentations of the players before a game because we had a yep. pretty solid way of working. We already do the the uh, psych profiles on them, the, the basic psych profiles, learning styles and all that. I think we've discussed that before, so we already knew some of that knowledge, tapped in some of that, right, what can we give them that's going to stimulate them? Um, and then also stimulate the staff. You know, what are we doing? What are we, you know, are we looking at ourselves? What about changing ways of training, changing feel of training and all these types of things. So, yeah, so we tagged it new, new manager thinking and then we sort of went through that process a few times. I was there for nine and a half years. So this came up, you know, every few years when we we're like, right, okay. And sometimes I would give you the opposite example was um, when we went into the Europa League, the, the game schedule, everything changes, but equally the players, it was the first time I saw Burnley players with that little bit of, you know, like, I've arrived, you know, and I was right. like, whoa, hang on a minute. And we got to Christmas, 19 games, halfway point, and we had 12 points. So I went the opposite way and just stripped it all back and went, right, we've lost sight of what the reality of being at Burnley is, lads. And basically went back to hard work. You know, we can hide it all you want. I'll show you the stats, I'll show you the facts. Hard work brings an edge, and that edge gets us results. And we went right back to basics. But here's a question for you then. that like, The power of that simplicity is great, but so then if you utilise that, you also have the danger of you're badged as a dinosaur, that you're not embracing all these other new fads or buzzwords as well. So how do you find that sweet spot between keeping things simple and the clarity that you know works and yet still trying to pander to that modern mindset of feeling that they do need all these bells and whistles. Well, I, think, I think some of it, I think when, you, when you're growing as a manager and you, you, you're getting a bit more um, recognised, is, is you leave that alone a little bit because you go, look, you're going to be put in your box. You know, look how I look, look how I sound. I'm probably going to live in a pretty simple box, you know, which suggests yeah. you just get on and you do that. But players don't forget, you're looking at your players, they know there's more to it. Your staff know there's more work involved than what, what people would imagine. So that's good. You go, right, okay, who do I really need to worry about? Well, I need to worry about them. It only gets in your skin when some of these managers come out, best managers, you know, they're all tacticians, and yet you find out, all oh, they don't run them to death. You know, and then you just go, well, hang on, if that was me, I probably would get tagged with that. Yeah. But then the work still needs getting done. So you go, well, whether they're tagging you with that or them with that is irrelevant. The fact is the work still needs getting done. And you know, the biggest thing that clears any stories up is when you win and you win a lot. It's interesting how um, football can be so disparaging of a certain style of play, even when it's successful. I wonder whether that's something that has frustrated you over the years. Like you don't manage 10 years at one football club unless you're a bloody good football manager. Yeah, it's another thing, you know, brands and all that sort of stuff, branding football, you know, the biggest thing, I keep hearing that word diversity all over here now around football, rightly so, obviously with a lot going on, you know, issues in life, diversity for diversity, and then all you ever hear from inside of football, if you like, oh, the media view is, everyone should play the same way, we've all got to play sort of like Barcelona, let's say, you know. My view, and we, we definitely have discussed this before, but I think it's a relevant point, if I've got to get the best out of you, I've got to come out of the format that will give you the best chance to be the best you. 
That's just, that's got to be logical. So I always look at it like that. And the best example, I mentioned him earlier, but Kieran Trippier, I remember saying in an interview, I said, Kieran Trippier can land the football anywhere on the football pitch. Honestly, he's got that much talent. But you want me to only allow him to play 10 yards? I said, I'm doing him a disservice. I'm actually taking away from his career by saying, no, no, I only want you to pass it 10 yards to there. Now, if you've got a team of players, how do you give them the best chance of them being successful? Because every player wants to be successful, trust me. Of course, if you can do it by playing fantastic, amazing football, like a Man City doing that, well, that's fantastic. But not many can. And it's that really tricky situation now. And I feel for the younger managers because they're almost under pressure to tell the world they're going to play the right way. And then they're sacked within six months. And you go, imagine how many people in nine and a half years I've heard say, we're going to play the right way and do the right thing. And then they get sacked. I mean, it's, you're talking. Well, what is the right? Isn't hundreds. the right way winning games of football? Yeah, but that's the big debate, isn't it? How can you make it entertaining? That's got to be a point of principle. It always was. More so now, there's more demand for that. I would argue is entertaining having 400 passes in your own six-yard box. I'm not sure that's that much entertainment for me. I've, you know, I've been in football all my life. I love yeah. the game. I'm going, I'm not quite sure I want to watch that every week. Well, I was thinking of you, Sean, recently, because I knew we were going to meet. And I was reading, have you read the book by um, Arrigo Sacchi, where he talks about that Milan period of the late 80s, 90s, and it's called The Invincibles. Um, and he talks about having to come in where he was a... He wasn't a footballer himself and he was going into a dressing room of Hullet and Van Basten and Baresi and he had to get them to buy into it. And he talks about his two principles, which was, one, we need to work harder than anybody else. And then his second one was, and then we need to win games. And then he structured his whole format. His philosophy was based on what he had around him. They were his two principles of working hard and winning. And then it was about, he didn't come in with a defined philosophy, if you like, beyond that. Well, I think, I think they, the modern manager is under pressure to come out with a philosophy. That's yeah. another key word. You know, everyone's got to have a philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, you know, you're a dullard unless you have a philosophy. I've never right, quite understood that. It's a game of football at the end of the day, by the way. Yeah. But I think there is that. Um, I think, to use that word, I think you're under pressure to sort of, to, you know, put that out there before you've done anything. When actually, the real, well, in my way of similar thinking, actually, is that, how do you know until you get in there and you know what you're working with? Yeah. Now, we can all imagine it's a bit easier, uh, not easier to get the outcome, but easier. If you're walking into follow Pep into Barcelona, right? They're all top. But what about and now you're at a Division One club? Yeah. And you've sort of got to come out with a philosophy and you don't even know the quality of the players you're working with, but you're going to decide to tell whoever this is the philosophy. It doesn't actually make that much sense because in any other business you go in find out what yeah. is available. And then you'd go probably and present to the board and go, right, this is what I think. But in football, if you get what I mean, you've got to go out and tell them what you think when you don't even know what's in the camp. So when you get invited for your uh, to apply for your next job, you, you, the, you're having to go in and, and persuade people that do love that talk of a philosophy and they do want to appease the fans. How do you go about persuading them just to hand over the keys for you to then come in and adapt to what you've got? Well, you, I mean, because of years of service in, in the Premier League for myself, I'd like to think that if you if you're already got to a point of um, being in an interview process, they must have thought, no, I think he was doing what he had to do because of the groups he worked with, maybe the, the financial constraints, you know, so he's, he's moulded yeah. a situation to the best of what they could do. Because don't forget, if you are going to change, right, I'll go back to that word, if you're going to change your philosophy... And likely you can change it one sign in, you know. 
you, you could change a philosophy. You need like two thirds of a team to yeah. change a whole philosophy. If you go long ball or passing, right? You're not going to do that with one player. Highly unlikely. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So therefore, if you've got to change a whole situation to change that, then therefore, back to your point, if I'm sitting in the interview, I'd like to think they're going, right, okay, did he ever have a chance to do that? No. Did he mould something the best he could? Yeah. Was there times when it probably looked better than we thought? Yeah. Got to Europe. You can't do that by just kicking the ball down the pitch. It's impossible, by the way. Yeah. That doesn't happen. So you'd like to think they've done their own, weren't they? Go, yeah, actually, with our group, would he probably look at things differently? If I'm being totally honest, I think we love to put people in boxes, right? So we would go, um, what job is there available at the moment? Oh, that's a Sean Dice job or yeah. that's a Jose Mourinho job. You know, like... I'll be all right. It's a good company. I'm, I'm going to accept that. <laughs> exactly. It's a good company. I'll accept that. I'll but, what he's done. But do you understand what I mean by that? You yeah. know, you would go in and manage Manchester City in a completely different way to how you manage Burnley. Yeah, but, but you're not going to... You can spend so much time and energy on trying to uh, kick the walls out of that box. What's the point? People put you in... That's life. Mm. You know what I mean? So... I gave up that coast years ago. I didn't really bother that much. If you look down my history, I've never really bothered that much. People say, oh, you play this. I've gone, yeah, yeah okay. Did it bother you at the beginning? I think it only bothers you when other managers get involved. I think when the media get involved, that's their job. Their job mm. is to put you in box or, or to use simple terminologies and sell whatever they're selling. But I think when other managers come out and say it sometimes, you're like, really? Do you know what I mean? You know what we're working yeah, yeah. with and I know what you're working with. And that's when you do go, come on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's a bit, just be, I suppose, a bit more fair up with your views or a bit more respectful with your views. And I think that sometimes irks you a little bit. It doesn't so much as you longer in the tooth, but when yeah. you're in the early days. Would you ever be tempted, like if that Burnley situation came up again, where new owners came in, where you can see I'll resign now rather than try and work in a new different model? Well, my, my thought, which I always explain to the boards I've worked with, was as long as you tell me the truth of the guidelines parameters that I've got to manage, I'll manage it. Right. I didn't like it when they tell you this and then not deliver or, you know, sort of basically tell you myths. Yeah. You know, just tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth of what you want me to manage. So I think if you've got that as a level to work from, it's when, it's when you know, it hasn't really happened to me too badly, to be fair, but I know managers have been told, yeah, we're going to do all this. And then they get into the job and they go, oh, no, we're not doing any of that. And you go, like, now they're in a position where they're like, what, how do you expect me to do what you said you wanted me to do when we agreed this and you're giving me that? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
So you're in this, having been at Burnley and done such a good job for so long, you're suddenly in this slightly alien environment where you feel the lack of renewal among the squad. You feel a few changes from the new owners and it, it all comes together. What about you personally? Like the only real value for this is for you to reflect on what you could have done better as a leader. What What is different about the Sean Dyche that walks back into a, a football dressing room in the next few months from what you went through in this period? I think you reinvigorate just naturally. So I came out, I wasn't, I didn't think I was the energised. I wasn't, uh, didn't feel overwhelmed with pressure. I came out, okay, that's the way it is. My immediate feeling was, okay, park that, didn't get involved, wasn't watching every Burnley game and all that. I wished them well, I didn't want them to go down. I said, no, no, you know, it gets popular belief, by the way, because I'm like, hang on, we put nine, nine and a half years effort into that, so why would I want it to go down How did now? it feel the day they went right down? They got just like, a bit sort of, in the, 30% of your ego kicks in, you go, well, shouldn't have changed it, but 70% of me go, well, hang on, I've grafted me rear off for nine and a half years, amongst yeah. many others. So why do you want it to fail now? I don't want it to fail. Why would you want that? I just, I'd prefer someone to get hold of what we did and then take it in further. And then you go, right, because I remember that. They go, well, without them, it mm. wouldn't have even been there. Do you think you'd have kept them thing. up? Yeah. Just because, though, not because I've got magic dust, just because we'd had a tough period, but we were coming into eight games that on paper were, the, were the, the, one of the best periods of the season. And we'd sort of bottomed out of it. Sometimes you can, you can tell it when you sort of hit a bottom. And, you know, it's almost like, lads, come on. You know what I mean? We're better than that type of thing. But it's easy for me to say that. As if, as if I'm honestly going to sit here and go, nah, <laughs> come on, let's have it right. I won't say yes, but I do believe it. Did you try and fight it then when they, I mean, I don't even know how it works when a manager loses his job. Out. Well, I don't mind telling you because it was so simple. Uh, Alan Pace um, said, can I come in and see you early? Alarm bell starts going, obviously. And going, yeah. Unusual. I popped in the gym like I normally did. He comes up. Did you so, think that was it then? Hey, everything all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to make a change. Okay. You know, for what reason? Well, you know, just feel as it was two days before a game. What did they say Strange. was the reason at that point? Just, well, you know, we just feel it's right to. I've been sitting on it. I said, okay. I said, just be respectful of people's situations, contracts and all that. That's the way it goes. And I said, do you mind me talking to the staff? He said, no. Do you mind me having a quick meeting with the players? He said, no. I said, okay, I wish you well. But if you compare it to a relationship, like you'd like to think that if you were like with your partner, if you ever thinking of leaving... There'd have been warning shots before that. There'd have been conversations of, we're worried there, this isn't working. And, you know, you're on the edge. Like, you're on the edge that you can have that conversation that Jake's suggesting. Yeah, which way, which way are you open to get reactions? So, some, some managers, coaches could really suffer with that. Some might go, right. But at the end of the day, you're still going right for other people. You still got to stimulate other people. Yeah. You might still be, I was perfectly stimulated. I'm looking around my group going, right, who's going to come with me? You know, who's going to, who's, who's going to pick up? The mantle at the minute. Who is going to, you know, thrive off this? There was a few. I mean, I'll give you an example. I thought it was terrific. James Tarkowski, he, he was out of contract. Trust me, he was on it. He was right on it. You know, he was going, right, lads, hey, come on. And I thought, fair play to you. You know, you're playing hard. You're playing, doing what you can. You know, good or bad, but the fact is you're on it. And I thought, fair play. What's the role of, uh, of self-doubt in this situation? Because... You've done I've never really, such I've a never lot really suffered them. too badly no. with that, you know. No, because you're I just not sort think, of thinking why I can always find the answer at Burnley. Why can I not find the answer? Sometimes you're looking where you need other people to help you find the answer, yeah. and usually the players. You know, you sometimes you need, come on then. You've you've asked a lot of me. I think I've delivered a lot over our time together, whether that be personal for you as an individual and your contracts and all that. Come on then, it's payback time. Yeah. Sometimes I pay you back. Sometimes I don't. 
You know what I mean? But there's no blame with that. They're human beings. You know, we'd stimulate, we'd got miracles out of some of these players. You know what I mean? I think, and and drops out, rinsing drops and drops and drops. And them themselves, by the way, you know, once you're putting them in the right direction, they run with it. So there has to be reality sometimes. But I've nearly, I don't really suffer too badly with self-doubt if, if I think the work's getting done. I think the work is getting shortcutted, or, or I'm shortcutting, or the staff, that's different. And I go, whoa, whoa, hang on, we've got to look at ourselves. I don't think we were lacking the work. I think we just, this is the defining thing that's very, very difficult to, to explain it. That, that X factor, that inch that takes the difference. And you'll have seen it. You'll have watched certain performances, not just football. You'll all have watched it. I don't know. It might be athletic. And you think, oh, I can't. Through a TV screen, it's like your brain does that thing where you go, oh, I can feel it. And equally when they're on it, you go, yeah. oh, they're, they're flying. They're going to win this. They're going to do it. The whole feel of a performance, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we all do it, by the way. It's just that when you're in football and you're doing it as long as me, you can smell it and see it and feel it quicker. That's all it is. And it sounds so idyllic what you're doing now, right? So why go back in? Because it, as you've already said, it is a game full of opinion. It you, is a no, game you're that right. loves you're right. to twist what you say or pl apply the pressure. Well, I, know, I don't think I go back into anything. Yeah, You know, there was a time in my life when you probably just have to get your next job. Mm. Maybe you want to come out of Watford. I don't think I have to do that. I certainly don't financially. That's not a clever comment. You can all imagine the Premier League is just one of them leagues. It looks after you and people around you. So there's none of that pressure, which is a nice position to have as regards uh, thinking about jobs. You know, yeah, you're not yeah. under pressure to be pushed into a job. But to be honest, yeah, I've been in it all my life, you know, and it is a, it's a thing. Football's a thing. It's not, you know what I mean? The win, the, 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 the love of football is a different thing for me. I love the winning. I love the, the management. I love the organising. I love the idea of giving more to someone else to allow them to have a career that hopefully is beyond my career as a, as a player. I like that. I like that feedback from that. You know what I mean? I mean, Kieran Trippier, he FaceTimed me when they won La League. He FaceTimed me off the pitch. Wow. I mean, that is When they awesome. won the title? Yeah, and I'm just Blimey. like, trips, what on earth? You know what I mean? What that means so much to me. I'm just going like, you know, because he knows that I had a reaction with him and him with me where it rubbed off on him. And that means a lot to me. Things like that mean as much to me as all sorts of different things happen in my career. So building that rapport and... Not just him, ex-players. You know, I get messages from ex-players, Gaffer, thanks for, you know, this, thanks for that and all that. That means a lot, I yeah. think. You know what I mean? And I really like that side of, not not just the love of the game so much, but, the you know, people. Doing something good by yeah. people is a good situation. And I really like that. So that's a bit of a drug of mine, you know what I mean? When you really feel like you're connected with someone, you've given them a chance. Not just me, my staff, the the environment, the culture. You know, it's not always just a me and you thing, but I really like that. I think you've rubbed off on someone and affected them. I think that's a really powerful thing. And I think it's great that you're not sitting here feeling burned or feeling scorned or disillusioned with the game. Because I, I think it, from the outside, I think it's very odd to remove a manager with a decade's worth of experience at a football club with eight games to go, with a, the, the riches of the Premier League on the line and replace them with novices. Right? It feels like no other business in the land does that outside of football. And I think then, then it's easy for you to feel disillusioned with the game. But I get the impression that that's... That's not the emotion at all. No, I've always had a good a good value of things to be reality bound. You know, it's from my parents. I was like, look, you know, be reality bound. You know, know the situation you're in. As long as you know the situation you're in, and we all know football, I certainly do, it can be a very taxing, very unfair business, but it can be an amazing business as well. So I know what it's like. My story is minimal compared to some stories I've heard. 
know, managers getting mad stuff happen to them. You know what I mean? And mine's pretty low compared to that. So I go, right, okay, what's the reality of the job I'm in? Can it go pear-shaped? Can you lose games? I'd been saying for years at Burnley, not a negative. I said, my day will come just because that's the way football works. Mm. You know, one day people just get bored with your rhetoric and they go, right, we want change. You're right, I'm not, um, there's no anger or anything. There wasn't at first either. There wasn't. Yeah. I genuinely mean it. I just went, okay, that's the way it goes. Doesn't mean I was happy about it either, by the way. Let's make that clear. But you spend a long time being, you know, thinking you've been hard done by in your life and it drains, it drains the life out of you, all that. It saps the life out of you. If you get too much into that world of woe is me, yeah. it saps the life out of you. That de-energizes you for your life, let alone your, your profession. So that technique you said there about talking about knowing that the end will come one day help for whatever the reason is, is that a technique that you would ever use, at, say, at the start of a season to say, what could get us relegated here? And you almost face the worst case scenario and then plan backwards from there of... More the case, the opposite of that, actually. We more look at the successful side and go, right, how can we plan backwards from the outcome? Right. So what would be... Um, not always with the players, you understand, because I've always, so another thing I've always been a little bit wary of, it's not whether I believe it or not, is you know this idea of you should set goals. What about when you don't achieve them goals? How does that feel then? Yeah. It's always been, why can't we be open-minded? Why can we not be open-minded to challenge ourselves for what comes next? So I never really did the thing with the players, we need to finish there. But equally, how many how many layers can you put in place f to allow them to finish where they want to be? Yeah. So that process, I'd work, in answer to your question, the outcome backwards would be, right, I think we should be achieving that. How are we going to get them to get to a point of achieving that? Like that? Do you get what I mean? So not really the negative version of it, but the positive version of it. Because the reason I ask is, I often, like, <laughs> like when you hear managers, you know when they say, oh, the Christmas fixture list is crazy, and you go, didn't you know that? Yeah, at the start I've never of the really season? bought. I know I've never really bought into that. You must have seen my comments. I just go, yeah. two games. Ooh, two games. Professional athletes, but like two games in three days. I'm going, really? Well, they can't yeah. handle two games in three days when they're professional athletes. I'm like, come on, they'll be all right. You know what I mean? With with amazing recovery now and diet and support. Helpful if you've got five subs and the big squads and all that, of course. But the point is, come on, yeah. Come on, lads. Let's crack on, eh? You know what I mean? It's, there comes a time, you know. And can I ask you one question? Like, you've mentioned Kieran Tripp here a few times, so it's obvious you have... Like, I don't like to mention favourites apart from Kieran. What was it about him and your relationship that... that Just, I think he was... He, we got him as a little butterball. He wasn't in the shape he needed to be in. He listened. City when you... Yeah, he, no, 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 no. He'd, he'd come in, sorry, he was with... He, Eddie Howard brought him in. Right. And him and Ben Mee sort of combined, I think. I can't okay. remember the truth, uh, the whole story, sorry, not the truth. I think they came in combined. Um, very talented young man. Just a bit loose and a bit, you know, but but he had a lovely edge about him. I love it. He's a little lo lovable rogue. Not nothing, nothing terrible, not in big trouble and anything. Just got an edge, you know what I mean? And I really loved it on him. And I just need to push him a little bit, cajole him a little, but he listened. So therefore you build a real rapport. He did fantastic for us. Had an amazing time at Burnley before he went to Tottenham and just always respected it. And and now and again he'd ring me for advice or he'd and we just sort of kept in touch. Got to know a couple of his mates and his family a little bit, you know what I mean? He got me tickets for the Euros and, and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So not all players are like that. And some are like it, but they 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 don't get as involved. Yeah. But he he, he still FaceTimes me now and again, rings me, you know, all right, gaffer, everything all right? You know what I mean? Oh, I just go, yeah, cool. What's happening, trips? You know what I mean? Well, we know what your first signing will be if you can get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, quick fire questions. And actually, I've got your answer to this from three oh. years ago. What are the three non-negotiables that you and the people around you have to buy into? And I'm interested, 
after what you've been through the break you've had, Um, whether they will be any different. Hard work would be one. I don't know if I said that last time, but hard work. Yeah. One that's changed only because of recently, and I know that I believe in it, is alignment. You know, that's a key for me, aligning. Because when our alignment went wrong, that definitely affected the outcome of Burnley. You know, it started to go, you know what I mean? The straight line thinking throughout me, the staff, the players started to go, ooh, and I thought, so alignment, hard work, alignment. I think probably I still go back to things like honesty and trust. I think that would still be a big thing for me. Well, the previous ones were personal respect. Oh, respect. Yeah, that's close. Professional respect and a great attitude. Great attitude. And then you went, oh, actually, great attitude. That should be number one. Yeah, so that's about right. So that sort of goes in with hard work, but a great attitude is everything. That was my Sunday league manager. What's your greatest strength and your biggest weakness? Weakness is probably not, I'm not as... um, my startup I could be a bit more grey at times I tend to be like that black yep. white black white black white black white and not everything is black and white so that's a weakness I would say it's strength in a way obviously like yep. anything yin and yang mm. um, strength I think sort of them things fair being pretty fa- fair being fair respectful yep. um, pretty grounded I think yep. that's a key thing I, my biggest strength is being authentic I am like this whether me and you are chatting in the office having a coffee or whether we're chatting in front of the microphone or whether I'm chatting with my mates back home I grew up with who I still hang around with or f- from when I was five years old, they're probably going to go, he's still the geezer that we've known since we were five. So in the spirit then of giving us hard feedback that we can take rather than the medium feedback, what score would you rate this interview and what could we have done better? I've enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed the last one. I enjoyed the fact that it was more into the thing behind, I know it's called high performance, of course, but you know what I mean? The thing behind tactics and all that. Yeah. That's the bit I, I think this is really good at. I'm not just saying that, I really do think it is because there's a story behind, people go on a performance, they can go, oh yeah, but they, they won the league or something. You go, right, what's the story behind winning the league? And it's very rarely, as you both know, very rarely about tactics and all that. It's about the fabric of what you do, the the construct of what you do, the, the people are involved, the dynamic, the mind dynamic, the connection, all them things. And I think the fact that you try and unravel and speak about that, which is why I really enjoyed the first one I've enjoyed today, because that doesn't always get... And I know why, right? People love fluff, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They love it if I say something stupid about, you know, I wear this or wear that, and, uh, you know, we sat in a river because we had a spin wheel and all them things, and they're all fine. But at the end of the day, there's not that much substance on it. You know, this puts the meat on the bone a little bit. But then what could we have done better, Sean? We're, like, we're hungry for feedback. No, no, I don't think, I, I'll be honest, you know, because I, I'm not in your world, so I don't know it that well. You ask questions, they've got to be pertinent questions. They ask questions that can open up things, situation more clearly. Because that's what I think people want to, people want to, well, people are into this sort of thing. I think, or I imagine when I'm answering is they want to know a bit more depth to it. They want to know a bit more, what's the reality? You know, like I say, there's bits of fluff and that can be really funny. And I could tell you a million silly little quips and funny stories and all that. No, it's all good fun and it kind of has its relevance. But I think that, you know, when you're doing this sort of thing, I just think a bit more depth and a bit more meaning. It allows us the chance as the coaches to to give a bit more to it and a bit more depth to it. And that's not an easy thing. And the other thing is listening. I do, I do watch that a lot with people who are, so if I probably stopped you and said, what did I just say, you'd probably be able to tell me. Well, some interviews you do, you think, you're not listening, you're just doing a script. I play a lot, now and again I do it, but it's nasty, you know what I mean? So I just go, I don't, <laughs> what did I just say? Yeah, what did I just say? Yeah. Like, uh, um, and your final point, really, for people listening to this, your final message, if you like, what would you describe 
the place you are now in your life, what is your one golden rule to living a high-performance life? Do you know what? I think it still goes back to hard work, great attitude. They're things that whatever you do, I, I, I swear by it. It's something yeah. that's served me well. I, you know, I'm not going to change certain things that I'm about, but still it'd be that and of being authentic. I think whatever you are, there's so much drivel. I, I, I was going to swear then, I won't swear, but there's so much BS out there now. Okay. Everyone's filling the, the airways full of, you know, certain mm. special clever words and clever sayings and all that. And you need to do a bit of that because you don't get any buy-in unless you do it. But some of it, you're like, come on. No, I mean, you, you know, just be yourself. I think personally, I think that's a key thing. And with you, with you, I'm a bit marmite, so myself is not. Not everyone thinks I'm. You know what I think I'm, which is great. You know what I mean. <laughs> so you know, I think that's. But, but being authentic, really I think that's the key. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for the Thanks, insight, Sean. and thank Pleasure. you for the substance behind the stories. It's it's really enlightening for people. No, really cool. Really enjoyed it. Damien, Jake. That was very interesting, wasn't it? That, you know, it's so rare to get hold of, you know, he's a top flight manager in waiting at the time that we recorded this. He may well be in a job by the time people hear it. But for him to kind of go a little bit deeper than we're used to when it comes to what went on in management, I think is interesting. And I think, look, let's, now that it's you and I talking, we're not reading between the lines. It's pretty clear, isn't it? That when the new owners came in, they changed some of the structure and that just derailed things. And, we spoke with Frank about the same thing. Alignment in life, as Sean said at the end, alignment in life is something that we just take for granted or don't assume is very important. And he's a good example of what happens when you lose that alignment. Yeah. So when in our first interview, we spoke about when he first came into Burnley and he asked the board about when they'd been promoted for one season and they'd squandered the money on players. And he came in and said, we want to get into the Premier League and then stay there. So it was about improving facilities and leaving a club in a better place than where he'd inherited it. So he came in and he had that alignment then. And I was reminded of a famous quote from the boxing coach, uh, Angelo Dundee, that said that you should always have a look in your dressing room at who's there when you've got beat. Because everybody wants to be in your corner when things are going well. But when things start to go wrong, I thought is that observation of that misalignment starts to manifest itself in loads of different ways people distancing themselves gossiping behind your back telling stories so the consequences of not having it are huge as sean found to his cost yeah i thought it was it was very interesting when he um when he went into all of the ways that it it unraveled at burnley for him and he didn't really give us the answer to this but i wonder how much he's thinking about how he dealt with that and whether he should have and could have done more yeah i mean, I mean that example that where we spoke about when the moment where he was dismissed in the gym, where the guy came and just said, it's not working, we're going to let you go. And I was thinking, if that was in a relationship, like I said, that you'd have probably had warning signs in the months before it, or why wouldn't an owner go and have a conversation with his manager and say, do we need to make a change? What are you going to do? Give us a plan. How can we work together? The fact that those conversations don't happen probably again comes back to that lack of alignment, yeah. which then... Do you think after 10 years, maybe he actually deep down felt, you know what, maybe this is the right time? So he didn't fight it when it came? Yes, I do. I think maybe it's that that old saying that if you can't change the people, change the people. Maybe he felt that it was him that needed to be changed and mm. maybe that was appropriate. But I think sometimes in life, it's almost about knowing when we do need to get out, our exits are just as important as entrances, whether that's in, in a job, whether that's in a business or a culture. 
sometimes I think knowing when maybe our race is run and it needs a new voice coming in is a really important characteristic. And after the conversation about putting people in boxes, it will be interesting to see what and which club gives him the opportunity, won't it? Yeah, and I think it, I, I, I hope interviews like this go some way to helping challenge perceptions. You know, like that conversation we had with Saul Campbell mm. about trying to just get people to see a slightly broader perspective and challenge their own pre, uh, presuppositions or uh, judgments that they've made can be really helpful. And I think the Sean Dice that any new club is getting is a far better coach than the one that that came into Burnley and was incredibly successful nine years ago. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Jake. Well, there we go. Look, as always, a huge thanks goes to you for growing and sharing this podcast among your community. Look, I know we were joined today by a football manager, but it wasn't really a football conversation. It was a conversation about life. It was a conversation about learning through struggle and failure. And the fact that sometimes taking time out, reflecting and pausing is the best thing that we can do. So I would love you just to share this episode with someone. It's the single most important thing you can do for us. Just stick it in a WhatsApp group, tell your friends about it, mention high performance, I don't know, shout it from the rooftops because it really does make a huge difference to us. Remember. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There is no secret. It is all there for you. So chase world-class basics. Don't get high on your own supply. Remain humble curious and empathetic and we'll see you soon. 